the Read to Lead podcast, episode 23. Hi, I'm Chris Brogan. You are listening to Jeff Brown on the incredible Read to Lead podcast. Keep tuned in here. you really do take yourself out of the comfort zone it can be scary and it can be challenging but that is honestly where you see the most growth personally it's where you test your boundaries welcome to the read to lead podcast with jeff brown jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life then consistent and intentional reading is a must the read to lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever important reading list but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now here's Jeff. Thank you for coming back for another episode of the Read to Lead podcast. If you're in the States and celebrated Thanksgiving last week, I hope you had a great one with your family and friends. Today on the Read to Lead podcast, our guest is Natalie Sisson, otherwise known as the Suitcase Entrepreneur. In fact, her new book is called just that, The Suitcase Entrepreneur, Creating Freedom in Business and Adventure in Life. Natalie is all about making money, doing what you love from anywhere you want to do it. So if you're thinking about venturing out on your own, or maybe you already have and just feel like you're floundering a little bit and need some help, Natalie is here for you today as part of episode 23 of the Read to Lead podcast. You're in for a treat today. I hope you'll stick around. First, I want to make a very special announcement. I'm so excited for you to be the first to find out about the new Podcaster Academy, a course I'm launching in February. It's interesting that, that reading Natalie's book would coincide with a couple of listeners to this podcast reaching out to me, encouraging me to launch a course for podcasters. Of course, there are folks out there who who do that, folks like Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast Answer Man, and John Lee Dumas more recently creating communities of podcasters to help each other improve and get better. But a couple of listeners to this program in particular felt like I had some things unique to offer uh, in that area, based in large part on my broadcast background. Things like my ability to present content in a conversational and very natural way, being at ease with interviewing key influencers. These are all things that those who listen to this podcast felt I had to offer, and they encouraged me to launch this course. And so I've taken their advice and I've done just that. It's called Podcaster Academy, and it's launching the first class, the inaugural class, will launch in February on the 6th, as a matter of fact. And the first 25 spots are open right now. Ready, set, go. They're going to fill up very, very fast. At least I suspect that they will. And I have a special deal just for those first 25 folks, and I hope you can be one of these charter members of the Podcaster Academy. Uh, the course is normally going to run 497. Now that includes four one-hour weekly modules that cover material like crafting an effective open and close for your podcast, interviewing the pros like a pro, taking your listener from fly on the wall to conversation participant, and monetizing your podcast. The pretty good, the good, and the really good. Plus four 30-minute one-on-one sessions with me for each and every student. Now, again, this is normally going to be 497, but just this one time for the first 25 students, the charter group, the course is just going to be 297. That's right, 297 for the four hour-long modules with 30-minute Q&A. Those are taught live and the four 30-minute one-on-one sessions. All of that just 297, but you've got to be one of the first 25 to register to take advantage of that. Go right now to readtoleadpodcast.com forward slash academy. That's 
readtoleadpodcast.com forward slash academy. Get signed up right away and secure your spot among the charter group. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I love teaching and I love broadcasting and being able to take the things that I've learned in 25 plus years doing that and translating them to this medium. And I want to help you do that as well. Again, it's readtoleadpodcast.com forward slash academy. Natalie Sisson is a global adventurer and digital nomad who believes that you should be able to create your ideal lifestyle on your own terms. She teaches entrepreneurs all over the world how to build an online business you can run from anywhere using online tools, social media, and outsourcing. Based out of her suitcase with no home base, she runs her six-figure business from her laptop while traveling the world launching digital products and programs to help you save time and money and build your mediapreneur empire. She is the author of The Suitcase Entrepreneur, Create Freedom in Business and Adventure in Life, and she is our guest today. Well, Natalie, welcome to the Read to Lead podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's not for lack of trying on my part, but you're only in 23 episodes, the second female that we've had on. Isn't that interesting? I'm finding that so much with podcasts. Like, guy, there is a lot of guys who do podcasts and fewer women. Mm. And then the guys are often interviewing guys. And I, I, <laughs> I get it because I live in this world, right? But it, right. I've actually, I was on a podcast the other day and I was the first woman that they'd had. And I was like, really? Like, <laughs> we need to be improving on this. Women actually need to be improving on that as well, like putting themselves out there more and, and asking to be on these things. And, yeah, I think it would be great to have a repository of people that um, you can reach out to to have on your show and include women and men in that. One of the cool things I learned about Natalie as I dove into the Suitcase Entrepreneur is that she actually launched it with the help of a Kickstarter campaign to gauge the interest level from her fans and followers and find out what kind of book they wanted from her. Natalie, I thought that was a great way to, to get it off the ground. Yeah, yeah, it was really neat. I mean, it was just, honestly, I live on these tools and it just made so much sense to self-fund, I guess, through the power of my community and not go the traditional route, which goes against yeah. everything that I am. So, yeah, it worked really well. It's still a bit scary putting it out there, but if enough people are going, no, that sucks, then I probably wouldn't have written my book. <laughs> <laughs> I want to begin by asking you a couple of questions that you uh, break down at the beginning of your book, and those questions are these. Why did you write it, and who ultimately is this book written for? So I wrote it because I believe that I finally had a message to share. I've been living and breathing this suitcase entrepreneur lifestyle for three and a half years. And I've always wanted to write a book, like 95% of the world, I believe. And I finally felt that I had um, a reason for writing it. And I really thought that writing a book would allow me to share it so much further than I could through my own blog and my own community. Um, and it's written for actually two people. I've realized I have kind of two ideal avatars in my community that is the person who's still in the corporate job um, and they may be enjoying that but they're really wanting to strike out on their own so they may be wanting to start a side hustle as we like to call it um, and really just get started into figuring out how they can take that online and start from scratch and then the other person for the book is definitely an established entrepreneur but who wants to take more of their business online so they can actually go away and create more location independence and live and work from anywhere if they wanted to. 
Well, speaking of, of those in corporate jobs, you left a well-paying job, I think, after about eight years to, to venture mm-hmm. out on your own. And you had to deal a little bit with, you know, friends thinking, you know, you were crazy for doing that, maybe family as well. I'm not sure. But, but I would imagine there were plenty of times maybe that caused you to second guess your decision. How did you manage to stick with it when others were questioning that decision? I think it's so common, don't you? I don't know about you, but for entrepreneurs, I just find people question our decisions all the time. So one thing I learned pretty quickly is to not necessarily seek out advice or support from those that were nearest and dearest to me. Because even though I'd say my family were very supportive, they didn't quite understand it. I was very lucky they were supportive. They don't necessarily understand why you're doing it. And so I actually started talking to other entrepreneurs, and that's when it really uh, kind of, I guess the light bulb went on for me is that if you speak to people who are in a similar situation or who have been through what you've been through and actually can come from a place of knowing and understanding, it's so much more powerful. So I just made sure that I surrounded myself with other uh, crazy entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. um, even those at the start of their journey and those who are well established and, and kind of got them on board as mentors really. And as much as my friends um, did think I was crazy, <laughs> I just tended to, I love that thing of, you know, do it now and then ask for permission later. That's generally what I tended to do. So I'd do something and then I'd tell them and they'd be like, but by then I'd already done it. So (laughs) that's how I got through that period, I think. Well, there are uh, several lessons that you share in the first chapter that I'd like to touch on, starting with that idea that to make a real change, you need to be uncomfortable. Why do you think Mm -hmm. that's so important? Because if you stay within your comfort zone, you never do anything, which we all know. So it's very easy to, if you're into TV, to sit and watch TV, to not get out of the house, to not um, push yourself and sign up for a quarter Ironman, for example. So I think when you really do take yourself out of the comfort zone, that's where the magic happens. Um, And it can be scary and it can be challenging, but that is honestly where you see the most growth personally. It's where you test your boundaries and it's definitely where you learn more about yourself than you ever would have if you just stayed within the stuff that you already know and, and probably do very well. Another lesson that, that, that Natalie shares is uh, what she calls knowing your worth. And I love this, Natalie. You said that you realized at one point that because of your existing knowledge, you said, quote, I can monetize me. What, what was that like when, when you came to that realization? I, a lot of people cringe at that. They go, oh, I hate the word monetize. But honestly, I do think you can monetize yourself. And you should if you have skills and knowledge that other people would value, Mm. then it's worth packaging that into something that you can help them uh, help them with and actually get them to pay you for. I mean, that's the standard basis of any business, right? Solve a problem or um, solve a need that somebody has that they value and they will pay you money for. But I think that more and more we have this opportunity to become what I talk about as sort of leading learners, which is where you go ahead and you learn something, you apply it, and then you can actually turn around and teach people who are just a few steps behind you what you've done or how they can apply it to themselves. And that's really valuable. And that's where you can start to monetize yourself. And a lot of people, I think, say, no, I don't have any special knowledge or skills. But I think we take a lot for granted in what we do naturally and what comes naturally to us. So it's really worthwhile exploring those things that your friends say, hey, you know what, you're really good at you know, cooking French meals or you're really great at matchmaking people um, or you're really great at simplifying the complex. And those are the things that people will pay you for if you can find that sweet spot. Uh, in, in yet another lesson, you suggest to maximize what you've got and to never stop testing. I'd like to know, Natalie, what are some examples of ways that you've accomplished that? I think I'm always tweaking and testing. Um, So every single launch that I've done of a digital product or a program, 
uh, or a workshop. I've just always tested out different ways of not only how I've structured it or how it's delivered, but also how I've marketed it. And it's interesting actually to see, you know, over the years, I've gone more for the how can I make this accessible to everybody because I love for people to feel like they're included and I want to help as many people as possible up to now when I've actually launched um, something that's much more exclusive. I'm not marketing it in the normal way. It's very much internal within my community. It's, uh, it's application only. It's all the things that I've never done before, actually, and I just love the learning lessons that come from that. And that has just come from listening and understanding my audience and knowing what works and what solutions deliver and then creating that and putting it out there in a different way. And I just love that. I mean, I think I'm always learning and I would hope that people in my community are and I hope that you are. And to actually test that out and see how it works rather than always doing the same thing. Mm. Uh, in another chapter, uh, you talk about the only four things that you need to be free. And you say it's the last of the four that we usually tend to overlook. Let's mm -hmm. list the first three uh, for context, if you would. And then let's unpack this last one and talk about why it's so important. For sure. So this is when it comes to being free, this is like, how can you live and run your business from anywhere or your career? So obviously, most people guess that you need a laptop or a smartphone, um, that you need Wi-Fi because then you can connect. And the third thing is obviously you need something that people will pay you for. So you need to be solving a problem, coming back to that point of why did you go into business? But the fourth thing I think is the thing that, yeah, a lot of people don't necessarily touch on or understand, and that's having a freedom-based mindset. And that is so important because unless you know what freedom looks like to you in your own life, in your own terms, then you're probably not going to achieve it. And I think once faced with kind of the idea that you could spend your day doing exactly what you want and fill it with the things that really energize you, that add value, that make you feel good, your friends, your family, your pets, whatever it may be, um, that's when the magic really starts to happen. And it's really interesting. Like if I said to you, Jeff, you know, what would you do tomorrow if you had absolutely no obligations or if you could spend it exactly how you wanted. And most people are really unclear on that. They couldn't tell you from start to finish exactly how their perfect day would look. So that's what I'm really starting to focus on helping people do more is that envisioning what your life looks like and then starting to work towards having more of those perfect days and incorporating more of those moments into each and every single day. Because that's what we're here for, right? We're not working so hard to just have some money to do something later. We're doing it for now. I appreciate that you share real-life uh, stories, not just you, but, but others who are living life on their own terms, people from, from all walks of life. It's very encouraging. What, what did you hope these stories uh, would inspire in others as you share each one? Well, I think a lot of people view me and they say, well, Natalie, you know, you're single, you don't have any kids, you don't have the mortgage or the house or anything, which is how I've set up my life. But that's not necessarily um, something that other people can relate to. So I really wanted to share stories in my book of families, couples, people with dogs, people with, you know, real lives, normal lives, I guess, so that other people could see what is possible. Because I, I get that a lot, you know, oh, it's easy for you to do it, but, you know, I've got kids, etc. And so I really wanted to put them out there to show how other people are living life on their own terms and setting up businesses around their families and their commitments just to show you what's possible. And you say, too, there's no better time than now to, to build your own business. And I want to talk about why that is. What are some of the trends you're seeing that make now the best time that are, that are transforming our world, as you say in the book? 
I just think it's such an exciting time, isn't it? I mean, you can set up a business for less than ever. And when you think about bricks and mortar businesses and how you used to have to um, have major setup costs, you can start an online business now for less than $100. Um, A lot of that has been because of the amazing online tools and technology that are available to us. So many of them are free. Um, You know, I run my business on probably five to ten key tools every single day and most of those are free which blows my mind social media has become like our sales marketing and customer service tool and allows us to advertise and market and promote and also engage um, in ways that we never could before when you used to have to try and buy advertising or a billboard I mean it's just transformed and then obviously mobile is is huge in terms of every single thing we do is kind of in the palm of our hands so payments engagement um, obviously phone calls email everything and that's really helped I guess you know your business to be taken mobile as well and thinking about the instantaneousness of that um, and how everybody is so evolved in using these technologies. And I would say also, if I'm going to touch on one more, probably be mobile payments or just online payments. So it's becoming more and more common for people to be able to pay instantly and do that online. It's become much more secure. And that's just leading to so many more advantages in how we can um, increase our sales, generate more revenue, invest more into our business, etc. So they're just a couple of them. And I think I do touch on that quite a lot in my book about the future of things that are happening. But I'd say mobile is huge, video is huge, and online payments, definitely kind of where you want to be considering and thinking about the future of what you're doing. There, there really are no gatekeepers anymore, are there? No, I think it's only our mindset. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, for someone who's struggling to figure out exactly you know, what their sweet spot is, that, that trifecta or that, that cross-section of what they love to do, what they're really good at, what folks will pay them for. What are some steps they can take to help discover that? Yeah, I love talking about the sweet spot. So it's the intersection between what you're what you enjoy doing, what you're already good at, and what people will pay you for. Um I think I always mention to people is just actually go and ask your friends and colleagues what they would say about you, like what they say that you're good at that you might not, never have considered. Um, and as I said before, it may be that you're, you're excellent at matchmaking or maybe you're really good at fixing fixing things and that's something that just comes naturally to you but you wouldn't consider that some people might pay you for that. There's been a lot of businesses set up around these things called the sweet spot because although it comes naturally to you, for people who just would have a hard time doing that, that's immediate value for them and they will pay you for that in return. Um, And in terms of how you go about discovering that, aside from asking your friends, also think about things that uh, energize you when you're doing them. And you want to be in that kind of zone of genius, I call it. Um, So if something that you're doing really gives you a lot of energy and you enjoy it, it comes naturally, but it's just something that you can grasp, then you should be doing more of that. If it's something that drains your energy and sucks your time and you just feel dead when you're doing it, then obviously you want to move away from that. And I don't think people pay enough attention to that. You can outsource all that stuff. It may sound really easy, but you honestly can. You shouldn't be doing the work that doesn't um, allow you to feel like you're absolutely in that place and that zone of genius and that you're absolutely serving the world with the best possible use of your time. I know that, uh, like me, for you, online tools and and software uh, can be a bit of a guilty pleasure. I'm curious to know, (laughs) what are some of your favorites for uh, staying productive no matter where you are? Yeah, great question. I mean, productivity is a big thing for me because obviously if I'm always moving around, I have to be really disciplined about my time. So 
Um, actually, going offline is probably one of my best <laughs> tips ever for getting work done. Like be, putting yourself deliberately in a place where there's no Wi-Fi or internet, um, and sometimes that's actually forced on you. But it is does allow me to really um, use offline tools and like actually writing up proposals or documents or content, um, settling down and doing the real work. Um, I have a, an app on my Mac called Freedom, which is quite ironic. It's a brilliant title, and that actually blocks out distracting sites during the day, so you can set it up to say, I can't go on Facebook for these hours, I can't visit you know, YouTube for this, I can't just surf the internet. And for some people who are just not disciplined, it's a really good call. I think on a PC, um, there's Leech Block as another example. So sometimes just putting those tools in place to actually force you <laughs> to not be distracted is really great. And I also talk about your MIAs. So I have something called your most important actions of the day. And there should be no more than three particularly important actions that you want to achieve. And I generally start off my day when I'm feeling most productive. And for you, that may be the evening, that may be the morning, um, is to just tackle those three things. And you don't get to do anything else until you've got them out of the way. So the three important tasks, it may be writing a proposal or finishing, it might be finishing off your manuscript, um, whatever it may be within your business, um, you know, finishing off a web design and then once you've done that, then you can go and play online and engage and do the other things that are on your to-do list or maybe go out and exercise. So it's really, it's ironic, but I've learned over the years, Jeff, that freedom comes from being really, really disciplined and having ruthless focus. Well, as someone who practices that last uh, technique you mentioned, I can attest that it works. And the feeling when you've accomplished those two or three things mm -hmm. uh, is, is euphoric. So I, I highly recommend that as well. Uh, before we move on to some other questions, uh, is there anything else from the book you'd like to share that I haven't covered? I know we've just sort of touched the tip of the iceberg here. I think there's, I mean, as you've said, there's a lot in there around mindset and really figuring out what freedom means to you as well as how to build your business online. Um, but I really also like the travel section of the book because for people who may not have considered living somewhere else, there's just lots of tips and tools and things to, um, I guess, to look at to really think about for the future if travel's on your mind or not. So I like that it's kind of an all-inclusive book depending on the person who's reading it. I'm hoping that they can take away a lot of valuable insights. Well, I certainly have. Oh, good. Thank you. Yes, I could tell you read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you had to narrow uh, all the entrepreneurial lessons you've learned, Natalie, down to a central theme or idea, what would you say that is? I think it would probably be the values I live by, which is um, that you absolutely should be choosing freedom, choosing freedom in business and adventure in life. That's, um, I guess, distilling all the ideas into one thing. That would be what it is about. What do you ultimately hope, Natalie, your legacy to be when your time on earth is through? I'm on a bit of a mission that by 2020, I want to have inspired or helped 100,000 entrepreneurs to ultimately choose more freedom in business and adventure in life. So the legacy that I would love is that people will talk about this book or talk about the work that I've done and said, you know what, Natalie Sisson caused me to think, to act, um, and to change at least one thing in my life to achieve more of that. That would be pretty amazing. Well, I'm hoping that uh, by appearing on the Read to Lead podcast, we can add a few hundred or maybe a few thousand to that to that number. <laughs> I would love it. Can you name for us a couple of books uh, that, that you've read that have had a great impact on you and maybe why or how they impacted you? Yeah, definitely. I, I adore Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It's um, a lot of underlying themes in that book, which is just so powerful, have really driven me a lot in my life. Um, I've based a, a Women Entrepreneurs Mastermind program around it, the fundamentals of it. I know so many people have been touched by the principles in his book. And even though it's like from absolutely, you know, 
beginning of last decade, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, last century, I should say, I just still think it really applies into how you should live your life um, and the values and principles that you should apply. And on the same note, I also love, um, I'm a big fan of Anthony Robbins, uh, you know, personal development guru, whatever you want to call him. I just really yeah. loved Awaken the Giant Within. I think it's a must read for anybody at any stage just to go back and really look at once again what, what values drive you, what foundations have you built your um, assumptions on, your perspectives on life, and just to challenge those things and freshen them up. Um, so I really love those books. I also love every so often reading books like, for example, The Life of Pi, um, which is, you know, I know it's now a movie, but as a book, I just love being able to get lost in somebody else's imagination and the creativity in a book that kind of leads you down this path and you're not entirely sure whether that was reality at the end. And I think it's important for us to read books that we can really get lost in and take us off into another world um, or just cause us to think about something in a different way. Not always reading business books, although I do I do really love business books. Um, and I also, the 4-Hour Workweek, which a lot of people have compared my book to, is was obviously a big foundational book for me in my life back in 2007, and it just kind of caused me to think about things in a different way. And um, I'm really excited now when people do compare it and say that mine's more action-focused. Um, but I think Tim Ferriss really set the scene for getting people to think outside of this standardized kind of traditional world that we live in. Um, there's many more, but I'd say if I was going to name three, they'd be good start. Well, I've had a lot of folks recommend Think and Grow Rich to me. So last week, I finally dove into it. I'm, I'm listening to the audio version, so I'm about I'm about halfway through as I've been doing some traveling to visit family. So uh, I second that nomination for sure. Uh, yeah. Before we wrap up, Natalie, what's on the horizon for you? What what should we be on the lookout f- uh, from you next? Well, my entire focus for 2014 is all about sharing this message of choosing freedom further. So I'm looking to do more speaking um, and absolutely wanting to do sort of a freedom tour where I will be going around helping people how to understand this better and apply it to their own lives. And my other major focus within that is the High Flyer Club, which I'm super excited about, which is a exclusive club for established entrepreneurs focusing on um, actually mindset, uh, business growth, and lifestyle. So it's been a culmination of everything I've learned over the last three and a half years, and it's something I'm very passionate about and excited about. So really trying to hone in on the focus for 2014. Well, we'll definitely be sure to include links to your website, your Twitter, and of course uh, the book as well and the show notes for this episode. Natalie, thank you so much for agreeing to come on. We are so excited to have had you on the Read to Lead podcast and really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. It's been fantastic. I would love it if you would send Natalie a tweet to let her know what you thought about today's episode of the Read to Lead podcast. She actually has two different Twitter handles, and she said either one is okay. There's suitcasepreneur, that's at suitcasepreneur, and also at Natalie Sisson. And Sisson, by the way, is spelled just like it sounds, S-I-S-S-O-N, at Natalie Sisson or at suitcasepreneur on Twitter to let Natalie know what you thought about today's episode. To comment on this episode or to check out the resources that Natalie mentioned, just go to readtoleadpodcast.com forward slash 023 for episode 23. Again, that's readtoleadpodcast.com slash 023. And to comment, simply scroll down to the bottom. If you've yet to rate the podcast, you can do that by going to readtoleadpodcast.com slash iTunes. If you happen to find it five-star worthy and give it a rating, 
and a review. I'll be sure and mention your name on a future episode of the podcast. I want to say thanks to the DLS1986, who calls it a great podcast. Thank you very much. And Jason Reynolds, who says, consistent, reliable, and always full of valuable content. I appreciate that very much, Jason. Don't forget to check out Podcaster Academy. If you'd like to learn in one month the knowledge that I've acquired over 25 years in broadcasting, your chance to sign up right now. Be sure to get in on the $200 off deal when you're one of the first 25 to register for the course. It's readtoleadpodcast.com slash academy. Well, that will do it for this week. I hope to see you again next time on the Read to Lead podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com and chat with other members at facebook.com slash readtoleadnation. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead. Simple pleasures are the best.